you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. support and we feel the power of the church because we are one body amen hallelujah and I want to ask you right now I know we did it earlier in the service and I thank you for that but I want to pray one more time for the nation of Estonia I brought with me a symbol of the nation I'm going to hold it up and I want to ask you to stretch out your hand toward this flag because we need the Lord of the harvest to do what only he can do hallelujah Would you pray with me for a revival in Estonia? Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing, but we hold up the nation of Estonia before you one more time tonight. Oh God, asking that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh, asking that you would send forth laborers into your harvest field. Oh Lord Jesus, we need the move of your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, let there be revival. Hallelujah. Throughout the nation, be glorified, O God. Stretch out your hand to heal and confirm your word with signs. We believe you're going to do it, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for it tonight. We praise you for it tonight. Come on, if you believe the Lord's going to do it, would you clap your hands to God and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Oh God, we praise you for what you're doing. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to ask you to put your hand on your own heart and pray for your own harvest field right here. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we're here standing because of your grace. And your grace is still reaching. And I pray, Lord God, that your anointing would rest upon each soul that's standing here in this room today. I pray for everyone present that you would use us as salt and light in our world that you've sent us to. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let there be revival right here in Jesus' name. And if you believe it one more time, would you clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, oh, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, God bless Estonia. Would you do that? Amen, and God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to go to the word of the Lord in just a moment. But uh, first, uh, when we first arrived in the nation of Estonia, uh, the Estonian uh, nation has been occupied so many times that there's a little bit of a skepticism for outsiders. And so when we first uh, came into our neighborhood and we would 
drive past neighbors and we realized that they were uh, from our neighborhood, then uh, we would uh, wave from the car and, and people would stand there and look as we drove past. And that, that was the way it was. So we thought, well, what are we going to do? And uh, we uh, decided we're going to have a Christmas party at our house. And so we invited all of our neighbors on the whole street, and most of them came. <laughs> and I went into the kitchen, and I looked at my wife like this, and she looked back at me like this. And, uh, but we had some young people from the congregation that were helping us, and people had a great time. We sang Jingle Bells karaoke style, and I think they ate chili maybe for the first time. And, and uh, as they left, we had a, uh, a little uh, survey that said, uh, would you like to do something like this again? And everybody uh, checked yes. And then, uh, would you like to do something maybe even more often? And everybody, yes. And then uh, I said, would you be interested in a community Bible study? And everybody said, oh. <laughs> and, and I tell you, we felt just a little bit disappointed. And, and that night we went to bed. It was a wonderful day, but not quite what we had hoped for. And then the next day rolled around, and I went out to check the mail in our mailbox, and there was a survey from our neighbor across the street that we'd barely met, and she said yes. And she started coming to a weekly Bible study. She brought her family Bible that was like from the 1800s, and she's like, look at this thing, and, and uh, we talked about the Bible. Hallelujah. How many know that that's really what it's all about? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for a pastor that preaches the word to me. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful for a bl the blessing that I receive when I'm in the presence of God with other believers. Aren't you thankful for that today? But there's nothing like reaching out to somebody who doesn't know Jesus like you and I have come to know Jesus. And seeing someone hear it for the first time, there's nothing like it. Hallelujah. And I just want to challenge and encourage everyone in this room today to let the Lord guide you in your harvest field over this week. Tomorrow, when you go back to work or to school, let the Lord lead you to somebody. And why don't you reach out in friendship and let that grow into influence and influence somebody for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to go to the word of the Lord. If you have a Bible, you can stand with me. It's uh, in the book of Exodus. Let's turn to the book of Exodus, chapter number 5. We see Moses' experience after his first time going in to speak with Pharaoh. And the people's response, it's a little bit shocking. Exodus chapter 5, beginning with, with uh, verse number 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Verse 2, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. And just for a few minutes today, I want to preach about resistance. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hand to the Lord and let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you speak to my heart? I open it to you. I want to hear what you have to say to me. Hallelujah. Let your blessing rest upon your word tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, glory to God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. 
So the, the, the people, in fact, uh, got it worse than before. Pharaoh told the taskmasters, take away the straw. Make them go collect the straw. You remember the story. So the people tried to collect the straw and make the bricks, and there wasn't enough time. And so the Hebrew uh, team leaders started getting beaten by the uh, taskmasters, and they said, you're not fulfilling your quota. Why aren't you fulfilling your quota? And so finally, these Hebrew team leaders went in to talk to Pharaoh, and they went past Moses and Aaron and came into the presence of the king, and they said, oh, why are you doing this to us? It's, uh, it's not reasonable, basically. And Pharaoh said, it's because you're lazy. You're lazy. And that's why you want to go out and worship your God in the wilderness. And so go on, and uh, you better fulfill your quota. And they came out from the presence of Pharaoh, not edified, not encouraged. They didn't see anything of the salvation of the Lord that Moses was promising. They came out, and they saw Moses and Aaron, and they basically yelled at them and said, You have made us abhorrent in the eyes of Pharaoh. How dare you? May God judge you for it. So Moses went back to the Lord. Now you remember, he didn't want really to go to Egypt again. He had left that life 40 years ago, and he felt like a nobody doing nothing. But he had obeyed the voice of the Lord. God had shown miracles, and then he got to the land, and now this. So he says to God, basically the same thing that the Hebrews said to Pharaoh. He said, why? Have you ever had that question in your heart? Have you ever felt like coming to the Lord and saying, why is this happening to me? If you are leading me, then why am I like this? Why are things going like they are? And the Lord didn't really answer his question directly, but he basically reminded Moses of his experience with God. And when you're going through a trial of your faith, you need to look back at the experience that God has already shown to you. Can you say amen? How many remember what God has done in your life? How many have a testimony that's powerful and nobody can take that away from you? Because it's your story. It's what God has done for you. I like what one preacher said last week. I was in a meeting and he said, if, if Jesus was a carpenter, uh, and there's some discussion whether it was wood or stone or whatever. But he was a builder. What if he was a specialist in making doors? And really God specializes in custom fit doors for our lives. He does something that no one else could organize. He brings it all together in the most beautiful way possible. And you look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Am I looking at anybody that's come through a storm or two? And you asked the Lord why, but you kept trusting him. And he held on to your hand. And he walked with you through the storm of your life. And brought you out safely to the other side. And you could say, look what the Lord has done. Is anybody here like that today? Hallelujah. Why don't you just give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So God reminded him. I want to ask you to put that first uh, image on the screen, if you would, please. If you take a rubber band 
and you stretch it to its extreme limit, then uh, you come to a point where nothing more is going to give until it snaps. And sometimes we feel that way in life. Can I get a witness? When uh, not just one thing goes wrong, but several things, it's like a cascade of situations. And uh, when, when we're knocked down, now I'll just say I don't believe that the devil is responsible for every bad thing that happens to a Christian. I don't think he has that much power, amen? Uh, but I'll tell you what, when you became a Christian, you became a target for the enemy. How many knows that we're in a spiritual battle? When you became a Christian, you became a target not because you're destined for destruction by the enemy, but you became a target for the enemy because he is afraid of you and your potential in Jesus Christ. How many knows that he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world? Hallelujah. Praise God. But the circumstances don't always line up with that truth. And when you are down, that's when the devil wants to kick you. That's when he wants to make it even worse for you. He doesn't play fair, does he? Hallelujah. But God is on your side. Somebody say, God is on my side. Hallelujah. When you encounter resistance in your life, can you imagine God gives you a mission? It's not just that you're minding your own business and going to work or school and then going home, but God has given you a purpose, a mission. And when you try to fulfill what God has called you to do, that's when it gets difficult. When you feel that kind of resistance, what do you do? You do like Moses did. You go back to the Lord. Let him reassure you. Let him reestablish his promises in your life. Let him open your vision to see what you cannot see yet. Hallelujah. How many know we walk by faith and not by sight? Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful that we can walk where we cannot see. Praise God. So in the book of Exodus, uh, the Lord says to Moses, he says, I am Yahweh, or Jehovah, who appeared to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Yahweh, I was not known to them. Now God has given you a special revelation for your own life. How many know that God is your provider? How many know that God is your healer? from experience. How many know that God has become your salvation through experience? How many have been born again of water and spirit and he took away the old and all things became new? Praise God. So God renews his promises and he reminds us of the special experiences that we've had with him. Moses gives one last objection. He says, the children of Israel have not listened to me. So how will Pharaoh listen to me? And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and he gave them a command. He repeated his command. Go into Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Moses complained to the Lord. Nobody's listening to me. And the Lord just kind of ignored his complaint. It's okay to complain to the Lord. But don't be surprised that the Lord kind of ignores your complaint and says, now this is what's going to happen. Hallelujah. Because the Lord can see farther than we can. Aren't you thankful to follow the one who can see the end from the beginning? Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you put the next uh, picture on the screen, if you stretch a rubber band, every boy in this room is probably like I was when I was a boy. And it's so fun to pull that rubber band as far back as you can pull it and let it go. Preferably it's your older sister if it's possible. Or somebody. And uh, there's something amazing about resistance. Hallelujah. If you will just hang on and trust the Lord's process in your life, God will turn what the devil meant for evil. He will turn it for good. He will slingshot you. He will launch you with the same resistance that the devil brought into your life. He will do something that shocks and surprises the devil. Aren't you thankful that God knows the plan and he has a purpose? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, if, God, if God were to be a martial artist, he would study judo, I suppose, because he takes something that is meant to destroy you and he turns it against the enemy. Praise God. When we were in Estonia for a little while, we had, uh, we had had a, uh, a, a, a difficult time. And, and uh, there were some people that were coming. And, uh, and one of the young ladies said, uh, I need you to come and pray for my father. He's in the hospital and he's dying of heart failure, waiting for a heart transplant. And how many know that it's a little bit difficult to find the right donor at the right time and everything to match up? And so we came into the intensive care unit, my wife and I. We met the family, uh, met him for the first time, and he looked bad. He looked like a man that was on his way out. And uh, I, we chatted just for a moment, and I asked him, do you want us to pray for the heart that you have or for uh, a new heart? And he looked back up at me from his hospital bed, and he said these words of faith. I want a new heart, but I don't want a different one. And so we prayed a simple prayer in Jesus' name, and the peace of God swept into that intensive care unit. We felt like God had done something, and we said our goodbyes, and we went home, and some time passed, so we asked the young lady, hey, what happened to your dad? And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you, they did some more tests on him, and they couldn't explain it, but they said, your heart looks like a younger heart. There's nothing wrong with you. Go home and live your life. God had healed him. Hallelujah. And when something looks very dark, even like it's the end of the line, God can launch you into a new future. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was a Christian of sorts, but uh, he hadn't had a lot of time growing up as a Christian as most people in the former Soviet Union. And uh, so uh, it was years later, uh, we had almost gotten out of touch with him. And uh, he lived several years in good health, and then his health took a turn for the worse. And they asked me to go and pick him up from the hospital, and he, was, he wasn't comfortable. And I picked him up, and, and uh, we, I took him home, and, and it felt like, well, was there any purpose to this? But uh, some time passed, and, and then uh, somebody invited me to begin coming to their home. And we started a Bible study. This was years after the Lord had healed him. 
And uh, we began going through the Bible, uh, lesson after lesson, talking about the new birth. He wasn't even comfortable praying. How many know people that aren't very comfortable praying yet? You know, things that we take for granted. And so uh, it, some more time passed, and for three years I taught him a Bible study. And during the last two of those, it was COVID. And he was locked down, basically bedridden at home, and we got together on Skype. Skype was invented in Estonia. I'm thankful that the Lord uses tools, amen, of the world for the church. Aren't you glad for that? Praise God. And so we continue the Bible study. And just a few weeks before we were scheduled to come back to the States, and during our Bible study, he said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I want all my kids and their kids to come. And so we scheduled a time. This is, year, this is about six years in this story. And uh, so we uh, had this inflated pool. By that point, he hadn't been out of bed for a couple of years mostly. And I was shocked to see his uh, legs look like bones and skin. And he had his two sons and his son-in-law pick him up from his wheelchair and carry him to the little inflated pool in the grass and laid him in the water and helped me to baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. There were some tears that day, and the Lord was doing a work in that whole family. I, I uh, came back in a little bit later, and I said my goodbyes, and he whispered to me. He was weak and, and uh, not feeling well. He said, thank you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy my family all came. Hallelujah. But that's not the end of the story. The very next Sunday, our last Sunday in Estonia before we flew here, his son in another city where we go every two weeks said, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name also. And you saw us in the lake as he was baptized in Jesus' name. And the Lord can do it. Hallelujah. And I don't want for myself and I don't want for you to give up hope if things take a long time. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. On the other end of the extreme, uh, we were in Estonia and it had been a, a, another a tough time that we'd gone through. We had an evangelist come though and uh, we sent out 10,000 invitations to the mailboxes around the area where we lived uh, or where we were having the service and people came and it was a wonderful time but on the invitation it said three days of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of miracles and signs. And we didn't really see any of that. So we got to the end of the conference, the third day, and we were in a rented hotel conference center. You can imagine, we packed up everything, put it on luggage carts. We went out of the uh, conference center toward the elevator, and my wife met an 88-year-old lady with one of our invitations. And she had come late. And when she realized she missed the whole thing, she began to cry. And she said, I came because I need healing for my knee and for my back. And my wife said, we can pray for you right here. So in the hallway, after the conference, we laid hands on her and she began to tremble and shake. And tears were running down her face. Hallelujah. And I felt to tell her, you could receive the Holy Spirit baptism right now. And we gave her just a little bit of instruction. I laid hands on her. We prayed. And in one second, God filled her with the Holy Spirit. And she began to speak in tongues for the first time in her life. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I told her, I feel that God is going to heal you as a witness to you when you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And within an hour, we were baptizing her in another building in Jesus' name. And this grandmother came out of the water and she said, I feel born again. Hallelujah. The next Sunday, she came to church, but she didn't come alone. She brought two grandma friends with her. And she sat right over here, and she interrupted the service. And she said, I just have to tell you that since I was baptized, I haven't had any more pain in my knee or in my back. God has healed me. Hallelujah. We started a Bible study in her home, and her friends came. And we would drink coffee and eat cake and talk about the Word of God. And every time for months, she would say, God healed me when I was baptized in the water. Hallelujah. When God breaks through the resistance of your life, things can happen that you just couldn't imagine before that resistance came. Hallelujah. Praise God. She's 96. And in our final service on the field, she was there. We got to give her a big hug. And she, she wasn't happy that we were going to be away. But uh, we were so happy to see her. Aren't you thankful that whether it's a moment or whether it's six years, God can change the circumstances? Hallelujah. God can work miracles in your life. God can do it for your family. God can do it for this congregation. If the devil comes against you, you can resist him. And the Bible says he will flee from you because God is with you. Hallelujah. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if God has a purpose for your life, then you don't need to be intimidated by Satan. You don't need to be backed up because of resistance in your life. Because God can launch you beyond what you can possibly imagine into the great purpose that he has for you. Why don't you stand with me today? Hallelujah. Praise God. So Moses and Aaron, the Bible says in chapter 7, did so. Just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. Notice Moses' response finally to God's instructions. Moses did so. And his faith and his obedience had a dramatic effect. I just want to remind somebody today that without faith, it's impossible. Everything else is a closed door. But if you will believe that God has a purpose, hallelujah, if you will turn to him and submit to him, hallelujah, if you'll just obey what you do know to do, even though things are resisting you, then God will do what only God can do. Hallelujah. He wants you to do what you can do, and then he'll do what you can't do. Praise God. I wonder today if you would come with whatever face was in your mind's eye a few minutes ago, and I wonder if you'd fill this whole front area as a body of believers, and let's begin to pray for our mission field that God has planted us in because you may be the only Jesus that somebody will ever meet. Hallelujah. And the spirit of Jesus Christ that filled you. Hallelujah. It will not just raise your mortal body on the day of resurrection.
but God wants to work through you to bring resurrection power into the life of people around you. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to change the world through you. Praise God. If you believe that today, would you lift your hands with me? And let's begin to pray with faith, believing. Oh God, we understand that you are with us. And even in the difficulties and even in the time of resistance, Lord Jesus, you are able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I pray, Jesus, that you would stir our hearts right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, why don't you take somebody by the hand or put your hand on their shoulder if it's appropriate and pray for them. Lord, would you bless my brother? Would you bless my sister? Would you minister to their family? Would you do a work of miracles in their life? Oh God, I pray that you would use us as a congregation. Use us, Lord Jesus, to see your kingdom come. Come on, why don't you press through? If you've experienced some resistance in your life, why don't you keep pushing in the name of